Welcome to a brand new episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Co-hosts Amanda Ware, our Christmas queen and founder of Hello Holidays, and Dr. Carol Osborne, our multi-venture guru, are ready to sit down and share their stories, insights, and wisdom to inspire aspiring trailblazers like you who are gearing up to start your own business, seeking personal growth, or looking for that spark to set your soul ablaze. Okay, so... I only have one sibling. I have a brother that's three years younger than me. And so this is uh, this is Colin's request. We take requests. This one's Colin's request. To talk about why it's important or how one would even approach as an adult, as a grown-up who's maybe had some jobs and had a first career or whatever, Finding things that you're great at and that you love, regardless of, and with the complication of this sort of idea of like, if it's your thing, it'll make a million dollars. Well, that's just not always true. If your thing is surfing, there are very few surfers who, especially if they picked it up late in life, are gonna make a comfortable living being a surfer. But I would argue that it's really important to find things that you love to do, whether you do them for work or you do them as a hobby, regardless of whatever the economic impact is. There's certainly more than two, but there's at least two schools of thought around either living to work because your work is your passion and you love your work versus working to live, having a job that supports whatever it is you love to do in life that makes you feel alive. And for me, that's really what is important. Don't be afraid to fail and all those things, but finding what you love, and we've talked a little bit about this around like some of the ideas around Genius Zone, but finding what you love to do and doing it. Tell me how that went for you. Well, I'm still doing it all the time. (laughs) So that's what I would say is, you know, it's a point that we make a lot about being curious and just trying a lot of things. And I think there's a bit of a hang up of like, well, if you start some, you know, these like embedded cultural messages, if you start something, you have to finish it. No, you don't. That's not true. If you start something and you give it a go and you don't like it, stop doing it. I think for you as a seven and for me as somebody who goes to seven and stress, the enthusiast, right? Seven's the enthusiast. I could fill up all day, every day between now and however many days I have left on the panel, on the planet with new hobbies. Totally. Me too. That's my favorite thing to do when I have no, nothing to do is to go learn about something else. Like to learn about a new hobby or a new way of how the world works. That's like fun to me. It's also building confidence to do that. And I believe, I could be wrong, I'd love to know your opinion on this. I believe uh, the best thing to do for someone that lacks confidence to try new things or to explore new things is called exposure therapy. Just like get yourself out there and expose yourself to it. Like go just go, go show up, search, you know, search TikTok with 
you know, the job that you're interested in or something. If you're interested in flying or whatever, go expose yourself to what that looks like. Go to Satan Fieldhouse or, and just walk around. Make conversations with people there. Might not like it. Just exposure therapy, going different places, talking to different people. I feel like that's a that's something that we don't do because it feels scary. Yeah, I mean the Buddhists uh, talk about cultivating a beginner's mindset, and I think especially as an adult, it's hard to even think about being a beginner at something again. And the idea of starting over or starting from scratch is something that just feels overwhelming and like. Uh, it's such a lot of effort and why would I even do that? But there is real, at least for me, satisfaction and joy in getting better at something. Being a beginner at something and putting in enough time and effort and as Steve would say, reps at something to get better at it. And yeah, I mean, I think if you sort of get into the like big picture why should I keep trying to find what I'm good at or what I love? Is, is that, is to have something that you're just doing for the joy of being alive and just cause it's fun. Mm -hmm. And in some ways I think American culture is like beat the fun out of life in so much as the sort of socially acceptable versions of fun are like beers on Friday night. It's not like learning to paint or picking up a new sport. Are you ever gonna be good at it? No. Are you ever gonna make money doing it? No. Is it worth doing anyway? Absolutely. I think it's a myth and an unfortunate one that working to find what you're good at is only important if it's gonna become something that makes money. What's the last thing that you were like a beginner at? I don't know. Let me. That's a hard one. I mean, so there's a lot. I feel like a lot this summer gardening. I started gardening. Uh, I didn't. I started garden. Not real gardening, but like plants. Learning about plants. Now we have a zillion plants. I have to have an app to keep up with all my plants. Uh, it felt like I could. I was like, I kill plants. I kill plants. I kill plants. That was true for me for 15 years. That I would buy plants every year and I would kill them. That is not true for me anymore. Now I can take care of plants. So it's that, it's like, you know, it might've been something I wasn't good at. Well, really it was outdoor plants I wasn't good at. I'm really good at indoor plants, not outdoor plants. Now that I'm good at indoor plants, it's expanding outside and my outside plants are living better. So that's one. That's a big one. And I think that's, that's a perfect one in so much as you're not likely to be a professional gardener mm -hmm. in this lifetime, but Finding that you're good at gardening and liking it is a source of joy and entertainment and something that's worth, and it's not easy. I mean, you got to kill a few plants. Oh yeah, uh, that is what I learned. That was the biggest thing I ever learned was that people who are really good at gardening and plants kill tons of plants. Like that is a thing. No, and so I've learned that. That was really, that was like freedom when I learned that the best the people who have had plants their whole for years, 20 years, have killed z z way more plants than I ever have in 15 years. Yeah, see? That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, beginner mindset, beginning, oh, I, uh, you probably know this better than I do because I feel like every time I see it, I go, guess what I learned this week? Guess what I learned this week? Guess what I'm doing now? Guess what I'm starting now? 
it's always something cooking cooking different things i'm always trying to learn some genre of cooking that i'm like interested in and might want to try i've gotten really good at italian cooking this summer yeah, I mean, for me, the like biggest one was deciding to learn to fly, which I've sort of picked up and put down a bunch of times because it's a huge time commitment and money and it's a big investment, but I love it and it's fun. And I am pretty good at it, meaning I picked it up relatively quickly. And how did you start? How did that start? Exposure. I ha my dad had a cousin that had a little Cessna when I was a kid that I flew in some with him as a little kid. He had a daughter that was about my age. Uh, we've had various family friends who had little planes and I just thought it was fascinating. And I'm really attracted to the like time machine aspect of being able to get myself to shove more into a day, being able to get myself from point A to point B and probably the like five competence thing of like, I don't have to depend on anybody else. I don't have to deal with airline delays. Those are all really appealing things to me. Am I gonna be a professional pilot? Certainly not. Is there any economic benefit? No, there's a lot of economic drain to fly a plane, you know. But I think there is gratification in learning it and there's gratification in being good at it, you know, and wake surfing. I'm good at wake surfing. Is there any, like, am I gonna be a professional wake surfer? No. Does it burn dinosaurs every time we get out on the boat and make the wave? Absolutely. Like, I think, I think a part of the human experience is supposed to be looking for joy and looking for things to do that are just for fun. And just for you. Like it, it is okay to do something that is just for you that no one else in your family likes and no one else in your family can do and no one else you know can do it. It is okay to do something that may not benefit everybody else around you. Can I say that? Absolutely. Green light, <laughs> green light. Yeah. Because my experience is no one's interested and then I start doing it and then they all want to start doing it. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm y'all. You didn't, you weren't interested before until I made it look fun. That's right. <laughs> what would you say to somebody who's like, I just don't know what I'm good at. How do I figure out what I'm good at? I'd say, come sit by me. <laughs> I'd say, come sit by me and let me just be your friend for a couple weeks, and we'll figure it out. That's probably my superpower, right? Like, my superpower used to be. I was just telling you this. Um, as a child, I was kind of dorky and annoying, I think, and so I learned that if I was too loud, I'd be annoying, but if I put the light on everybody else around me, they could handle me, right? So I, if I made myself small and everybody else big, I can do that. So what that happened was I could meet people and I could figure, I could see what they were good at really early on. It was a survival technique, right? It wasn't because I loved, you know, I loved other people. It was because the way I needed to survive was, the way I figured out how to survive was seeing the good in everyone else so I can light that and project that on them. And now it's become a gift, a tool, and I'm learning I don't have to make myself small to make others big. We can both be bright. We can both shine our lights bright. And I, I love that. And now it's, um, so I think that's what I would say is, well, you're probably good at a zillion things, but it might feel like every, you're not, 
you haven't tried them, exposure therapy. Let's go. Totally. I would say the same thing, that it's really about exposure and the willingness to not be good at it to start with, to have to learn, to like have to put in the time and like, and, and to not be afraid to quit. Like if you get started on something and it's not your thing and it's not as much fun as you thought it would be, or you're not necessarily picking it up as quickly as you want to quit. Yeah. Quit or rest. Or, or rest and try or again. do something really, really, really fun and then try it again. Yeah. That's like what my motto of seven. Go figure. I guess all, I'm sure all sevens feel this way. Like even this morning we went to meet with the accountant. It was so easy. It wasn't that hard. But in my head it was complicated and hard. But I knew. I was like, well, I'll be with Kara after. And we'll have so much fun because we get to talk on the podcast, right? Like <laughs> That's fun. As long as I have something really fun after. Yeah. Yeah. But really, but then once that, once you get the beginning, the learning part, then that's the fun stuff, right? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest barrier to, to anything is starting. Trying. Just getting started. And that could be because I'm a five and I'm doing repressed. Maybe other people start things more easily, but like there are things that I've certainly thought about doing and thought, oh, I'd really like that, that I just haven't ever gotten the like you have to break the inertia of all the other pulls on your time right and I think the other really important thing to think about is there really are seasons in life and I'm learning this particularly now as the kids are getting older it's hard when you've got little kids at home you think like it's going to be that way forever and then eventually it's not that way anymore and you know, for us now, everybody but Maggie can drive, and wow, that really is like a different way of parenting and a different, you do get some time back and you are able to sort of look around and say, what do I want to do with this time? Uh, you know, yeah, just how do I want to spend my minutes? Yeah. And what I've learned is everybody wants you to spend your time doing what's best for you. Like I think in my mind was like, oh, I've got, you know, I need to spend my time for everybody else. Like that's my job, the sacrificial. But now that I like do take care of myself a little bit better, or I do spend time doing things that are meaningful to me when I am with those people. And I know you feel this too. You can give them your best and encourage them to do what's best for them. And what's best for them is best for everybody. Totally, because even if it really is just a hobby that you just are doing for fun and because you like it and you're good at it, that necessarily puts you in a different state of mind and a different mood for all the things that you have to do. Oh, yeah. Right? I've got a girlfriend, Ashley, who's a nurse. She's an ER nurse, and she's a big-time cyclist. And, you know, cycling is what she's good at and what she loves. She's a great nurse. I don't think she's a bad nurse, but I would say it's probably not, you know, what she's great at in terms of just natural ability. It's something that's work and that she does so she can do other things, right? And I know a lot of nurses who work three 12 hour shifts so that the rest of their week is free to do whatever their other things are, you know? And I guess moral of the story is there's a ton of value 
and even if you need to recruit help, even if you need to pull in a friend or, or hire a consultant, putting in the time and effort and work at whatever stage of life to find something you love to do, whether it's your job or not your job, it's great if you love what you do for your like work for money. That's awesome. And I love what I do most days, but that's not the only way. And at least my perspective and my opinion is there's a lot of value in finding something that you love to do. Even if what you love to do is sit still and watch the wind blow. So anyway, put in the work, go figure out what you love to do and do it regardless of how it relates to your work. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Kara and Amanda, your soul blazing big sisters, are just laying the foundation for all of the amazing things to come. If you want to stay up to date on new episodes, be notified of any discounts, or get a glimpse of what we are working on behind the scenes, go to soulblazers.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, Soul Blazers.